Well, my name is Stephen Massey. I'm happy to be here today. I, uh, I don't kind of do ministry at Highland. I, I do do ministry at Highland. Uh, <laughs> makes me sound like a slacker. I mean, I am part-time, but whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, I'm the student minister at Lincoln Street Christian Church, uh, and I've been there for the last five years. And for the last four years, I've actually been teaching uh, here at Griffith as well. Our two youth groups have been combined, and it's been a fantastic time. Uh, I went to Ozark Christian College for uh, maybe longer than I should have, but I do have a piece of paper that says I'm smart. So, there we go. I'm excited here today to continue a sermon series that Pastor Sean started last week called What a Difference a Day Makes. And last week we heard the story of Gideon, the unlikeliest warrior. And uh, if you don't remember, Gideon was uh, you know, sort of an ancient equivalent of Steve Urkel who just uh, was scared and afraid and, and just not really intimidating at all. But uh, in his weakness, God's strength shone through, and he was able to uh, rescue his people from the Midianites. I think it's the Midianites. I didn't preach that sermon. That's okay. So today, uh, I want to continue the sermon series, What a Difference a Day Makes. And we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus, the outcast oppressor. And what I do at my home church when I preach uh, as I like to, right away, I want to tell you what I think this passage is about, what the big idea is, what I want you to take home, uh, you know, put your, put your thinking cap on and think about this throughout the week. And the big idea of this passage is reach out to the outcast. Reach out to the outcast. The worst sermon I've ever heard wasn't here. It was good. It was uh, at, a, at a private school. A couple years ago, one of my students was uh, leading worship for uh, student chapel on a Thursday. So I went to her school, and she, she did a great job. She's a great singer. And uh, they had a lot of really fun activities they did. They showed a bunch of crazy videos. Uh, and then for their chapel time, uh, a, a preacher got up from, you know, supporting church, and he preached a sermon that I think maybe it went over everybody's head a little bit. I don't know. But... What I do remember is the very last thing he said in his message. He said, the most important thing about being a Christian is you, you have to go to heaven. And the way that you do that is you avoid everybody who's not a Christian. I have some issues with that statement. Um, and I think Jesus does too. And it was just kind of ironic, uh, or maybe it was, you know, a God thing, that my devotional for that morning was Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Pharisee comes to Jesus and says, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, avoid sinners. No, of course not. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And in the context of that passage, his neighbor is not just talking about the people that you agree with, the people that you like spending time with. He's talking about even the people that you disagree with, people that you don't like, people that you don't want around you. He's talking about everybody. I think Jesus gave us a great example over and over and over of what it means to reach out to the outcast. And indeed, in Luke's gospel, that seems to be the majority of what he does. I mean, Luke's gospel is the gospel about and for forgotten people. Because he reaches out to the outcast over and over in Luke's gospel. And we're going to see him demonstrate that today as he encounters Zacchaeus. So if you have your Bible, 
turn to Luke chapter 19. That's page 852 in your pew Bible. You can cheat and look on the screen, or if you have your smart box with your apps or whatever, uh, you can Googlepedia that, and we'll be right there. I know I'm a youth minister. I should know technology, but I don't. I just use it to play video games. So uh, let's jump in. Uh, so Jesus, um, in the previous chapter, uh, he uh, is outside the city of Jericho. He's already met one outcast in the city, uh, a blind beggar who has been cast off aside. So he heals this blind beggar. And now entering into the city, he's going to encounter another kind of outcast uh, on his way to Jerusalem. So Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now we're introduced to Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector. And I, I just, I can't stress enough to you today how much hatred there was there was for tax collectors especially chief tax collectors they were ruthless they were vile you know they were like everything that the grinch was you know that song you're a me one mr grinch like that's what a tax collector i'm not going to sing but uh but that's what he was like nobody liked the tax collectors because they were cheaters and robbers so a tax collector was uh oh what's up john anyways a tax collector was uh was in charge of collecting taxes by the, the government he worked for, but he also had to make a living for himself. And so he would often overtax people what was necessary to make money. And the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus, is in charge of all these other people who are, who are you know, basically robbing the poor to give to the rich. You know, and he, so he's not liked at all. But the other thing to note about Zacchaeus is that he is of Jewish descent. He's of Jewish descent. He's one of God's people. But because of who he is, because he's become an oppressor to his own people, he's, he's working for the enemy. He's been cast out. He, they don't want anything to do with him. And as far as they're concerned, he's outside of the camp. He's voted off the island. God doesn't deserve to even look at him. And they treat him like an outcast. And there's this vicious cycle between Zacchaeus and his people that make him an outcast oppressor. But when he hears that Jesus is coming into the city, he gets excited. And he's curious, and why not? Jesus is here. And maybe he's heard about previous miracles that he's done. Or maybe he's heard about just what's happened outside the city gates. But, but like everybody else, his curiosity's peaked and he wants to see Jesus. But he can't. Number one, because he's short. He's a shorter person. But number two, it says the crowd is blocking him. The crowd hates Zacchaeus so much that they block him out. They say, no, 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 Zacchaeus. You don't deserve to see Jesus. Because you are garbage. And so he climbs up a tree and hides among the leaves. Now, if you don't know anything about what uh, men were wearing in ancient times, um, it was a nightgown, basically. 
You didn't run in the nightgown. You did not go outside on a windy day in the nightgown. And you did not climb trees in the nightgown. It was a very, very shameful thing to do and, and, and embarrassing. But he's willing to put shame on the line. He's really willing to do something ridiculous in order to see Jesus. Because the crowd has locked him out. My friend Kyle was a, a student preacher while we were at Ozark Christian College. And he told me a story one time. He was invited to preach at this little country church out in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. And he, he got there late because, you know, there's no cell service, no GPS, no nothing like that. So when he finally got to the church doors, the doors were locked. And he could hear them, you know, singing their song. They were singing the hymns. So he starts pounding on the door, you know, you know looking through the windows, and there's just nothing. And after about 20 minutes, he finally hears the door open. <laughs> and he said, he said the door opened, and he said the whole church, like all 20 people, had come to the door to see who in the world was pounding on their door. Kyle introduced himself, and they let him in. And uh, one of the leaders apologized. He said, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry that uh, this had to happen, but you see, we, we have to keep the doors locked because someone might try to come in. A church might be able to lock its doors, but the keys to the kingdom are on nobody's key ring. And so, as we see, we will need to reach out to the outcast. We don't get to lock people out of the kingdom. Our job is to go. So Jesus encounters Zacchaeus, and it gets crazy. In verse 5, when Jesus stopped when Jesus reached the spot, that is when he was right underneath Zacchaeus, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. But Jesus is looking for Zacchaeus. Jesus stops and, and looks up in the tree and sees him there. And, and, and with all of his Jesusness says, Zacchaeus, come hither. No, that's not what he did. No. See, here's the thing. Like, I, when, I, when I prepare for a sermon, when I do my own devotional reading, if, especially if I'm reading a passage about Jesus, like, I want to put myself in the situation. I want to know, you know, what time of day it is, you know, what, what's the weather like, you know, what, what are the crowds talking about? Like, I, I want to know what's going on. And so when I read this passage, I, I don't think Jesus is looking at Zacchaeus and speaking to him like he's an emotionalist void. You know, he's not a Vulcan. Jesus is not a Vulcan from Star Trek, just all logic. And, you know, and, but he's also like not, he's not the ancient Ron Swanson either. Like, he just doesn't go around calling people stupid, all right? Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus, breaks out into a smile. Ha, ah, Zacchaeus, I found you. Ha, ha, ha. Maybe not that maniacal. But he's so excited to see Zacchaeus. Like, you know, like when you guys were growing up, did you ever play hide and seek with maybe mom and dad, grandma and grandpa? You know, maybe you were hiding under the bed, you know, and they would tiptoe into the room and you're really quiet. Because you don't want them to find you. But of course, they know exactly where you are. 
And so they might do a walk around the bed and then pretend to, you know, leave the room. And then all of a sudden they're right here. Hey, I found you. And you're like, oh my gosh, give me cookies. You know, like this is, this is it. Like Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus and he's like, I found you. Hurry up, come down. I can't wait to spend the day with you. I have to be with you today. And Zacchaeus gladly welcomes him into his house because he wasn't, he was even just trying to see Jesus. Now he gets to welcome him into his house. You know, when I was growing up, my brother and I would, we would do anything if we found out we were getting ready to go to grandma and grandpa's house. Okay, we, uh, we would clean our rooms. We would put our clothes away. We'd pick up dog do if we had to. All right. You know, Dan would put his video games away to organize his video games. I put my books away. But but we knew that if we were going to grandma and grandpa's house, we were getting chocolate cake. All right. Not that my parents were like, you will never have sugar. But, you know, we were excited to go to grandma and grandpa's because that was one of our favorite places to be. And of course, you know, we get chocolate cake. Grandma, you know, sugar us up and send us home. But, uh, but we loved it. We loved going. We were so excited to go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. And, and, and not only is Jesus just so pumped to go to Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus is, is excited and, and ready and willing to have Jesus in his home. And I'm sure Zacchaeus had mixed emotions. Because back in the day, you know, rabbis weren't really supposed to associate uh, with sinners. But Zacchaeus takes him in. And just the fact that Jesus and Zacchaeus are spending time together says a whole lot about what Jesus thinks about outcast people. And the crowd is upset. Like, notice that their, their disdain and their anger for Zacchaeus shifts towards Jesus. He is going to be the guest of a sinner? Like, wait a minute, Jesus. You can't do that. You can't be with, that, with these people. In his commentary, uh, Mark Moore, who's one of my former Ozark professors, he writes, we're often bewildered and offended at the people God chooses to love and their immediate and affectionate response to him. Jesus openly and boldly aligns himself with, with this sinner who is in need of salvation, stands by his side and says, I have to be with you today. The tax collector is about to have a day he will never forget. The day when Jesus reached out to the outcast. And we see how Zacchaeus' story, well, it ends, but it also begins in verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. We don't know how long they sat together. We don't know exactly what they talked about. But what we do know is that at the end of the day, Zacchaeus has had a heart transformation. 
like Ebenezer Scrooge, his heart is changed from the inside out. And he becomes a new person. And we see that, we see his repentance uh, openly as he begins to acknowledge that he has done people wrong. He says, if there, I, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And I know some people are like, really? You're only just going to give half? Really? What kind of repentance is that? But think about this, man. Like, he is wealthy. He's got so much money. You know, like, if Warren Buffett gave half his money away, he's still good. Like, he's fine. Zacchaeus is giving half his wealth away to the poor, which, by the way, is what Jesus loves. He loves the poor. Take care of the poor, the widows. He's doing what Jesus would want him to do. But then he also fulfills the Old Testament law by saying he will give back fourfold what he's taken. Not just money, but, but uh, cattle and sheep, you know, sacrifices, you know, uh, uh, oats and grains and all these things. Like he's going to give back more than what is necessary. And he's not trying to buy his salvation. I don't want you to think that. Zacchaeus is not buying his salvation, but he is responding to the salvation that he already has. And Jesus declares today, salvation has come to this home. He stands by Zacchaeus and affirms what he is doing. Zacchaeus is no longer an outcast, but he is back in the fold. And then in verse 10, Jesus says what I think sums up the entire message of Luke's gospel. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. It's interesting that uh, Jesus says uh, something very similar while he's having a conversation. He's actually eating with another tax collector in Matthew's gospel. He goes to the house of the sinner, Matthew the tax collector, and the Pharisees start dogging on him. You know, why, why are you spending time with this guy? You're not supposed to be associating with these people. Jesus turns around. And says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. So go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The church needs to realize that we are not a hotel for saints. We're a hospital for sinners. We're, we're here for the outcast people who have been cast aside, said you're not good enough. You don't belong in church. But here's the deal. At one point in time, we were all the outcast. I was the outcast. And I needed someone, well, I needed a lot of people, to help me follow Jesus. And even look at the people that Jesus uh, had in his, in his crew, like his disciples. He didn't choose the wise men and the sages, you know, and, and, you know, the scholars. He took fishermen, you know, like, like, have, can you imagine anybody on deadliest catch, like following Jesus? It's, it'd be a different, different thing. You know, he took, uh, he took fishermen, he took, you know, tax collectors, he took, he took a zealot, he took someone who was trying to overthrow the government, to live against the government, to purposely cause trouble. These are the people he collected. Jesus didn't assemble the A-team for his disciples. He took the island of misfit toys. 
And that's who he cared about because that's who was being cast out. Jesus went and reached out to the outcast. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then you and I get to follow Jesus wherever, that, wherever he goes, even if that means going to the outcast, going to the people on the fringe, going to the people who are, are living purposefully a sinful life, people who, let's be honest, some church people don't want in the church. We must reach out to the outcast. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Jesus spent time with Zacchaeus, and he welcomed him personally. He didn't save him from afar. He was in the trenches with this man. And when Zacchaeus repented, Jesus was there to stand with him and say, you are a son. And the point is, is that if you and I want to reach out to the outcast, we have to go to the outcast. We have to go reach out to the outcast. We'll sing a song at the end of our service, Amazing Grace. And the line there says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Because Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. And when someone repents, when someone turns their life over to the Lord, it's a celebration. And we have to give, we have to give people that opportunity. I heard a story about um, a preacher on a train. And he was traveling through farm country, so there wasn't much to look at. And he happened to notice across the aisle a young man, very distraught, very, very upset. So he went over, sat next to him, introduced himself, and he said, uh, what's going on? And he said, well, preacher, I'm, I'm getting ready to go home. Uh, I, was a, I, was a, I was a horrible, horrible child. Uh, I was always doing the, the wrong thing on purpose. I, was, I would do things to upset my parents. And one night, my, my father and I had an argument so bad that I just, I just reached back and I, I punched him right in the face and they kicked me out and so for for as long as I can remember you know I've been living my life the way I want I've been traveling all over and I've been doing everything but three months ago I became a Christian I gave my life to the Lord and so I wrote my parents a letter asking them if they would take me back I said in my letter I will be on this train at this day, at this time, and we're going to drive past the apple tree in front of our family farm. And if you would find it in your heart to forgive me, to welcome me back home, would you please tie a red ribbon on the branch of that tree? And if I see, a, if I see the red ribbon, I'll, I'll know it's okay to come home, but if I don't, I'll just keep going. He said, Pastor, we're coming up on the tree right now, and I just don't have the courage to look so the, the pastor prayed with him and there was a long long silence and finally the minister spoke up and he said we just passed the tree and I'm going to be honest with you there was not a ribbon in the tree 
there was not one ribbon. There was a ribbon on every branch and every twig and wrapped around the trunk. There were ribbons that were tied to sticks, stuck into the ground, stretching 10 feet out from the tree. And underneath the tree, holding up a great big sign, was a silver-haired manpa. And in big red letters, the sign says, Come home. Come home. Someone needs to hear that Jesus is calling them home. Someone needs to hear that Jesus loves them and is calling them to a greater life. Someone on the fringe, an outcast, an exile. Who do you need to go to this week and share the good news of Jesus?